you, Brother Terry. If you brought your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I want to share a passage of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 2, and we'll look at verses 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to share a sermon entitled, Drifting Away from So Great Salvation. Drifting Away from So Great Salvation. I appreciate you praying for me this week. I've had uh, bronchitis, I think is what it was. I believe it's something that's never been known to man before, but I've coughed and coughed. And uh, Terry and Martha's been praying. <clears throat> I think it's more Martha's prayers heard than Terry's. Because I've asked him. But no, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing much better. Thank you so much. And so I prayed that I'd be able to share with you without any <clears throat> too many interruptions as far as my cough. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. When was the last time that you thought about your salvation? When was the last time that you thought about your salvation? Big question is, is there a sense of greatness about your salvation? When was the last time you thought about it? And is there a sense of greatness about your salvation? Or do you neglect it? Do you respond to the greatness of your salvation? Or do you just treat that greatness or that great salvation like you would treat your last will and testament? Do you treat your great salvation like you would your title that you keep in the glove compartment of your car? Do you treat your salvation like the deed you have to your home? Maybe you have it in a lockbox and you put it there 30 years ago. You know it's there if you ever need it but it's in the lockbox, and you feel good that you have it. But you don't go look at it much, and you don't take it out and go over it. You just know you have it, and it's in the lockbox. You signed it once, but you kind of tucked it away, and it's really not that important to you. You rarely think about it. It has no daily effect on your life. So the point is, perhaps some, some of you maybe here today have neglected your so great salvation. 
It's easy to do. That word neglect is a compound word. It means not together. It means to fail to attend to properly. The point is, the point is it, it means a lack of proper care. Now, I've heard people pray, and when they would pray, they would pray and thank God for their salvation. That's good to do. When you think of so great salvation. And so, first of all, if you're taking notes, there is a great salvation. The first four verses written to believers here admonishes the believers. It admonishes them to take their so great salvation that's provided by the Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and make it, make it, make salvation everything that it can possibly be. Have you done that in your life? Have you taken this so great salvation that you have as a believer and you have made that salvation the greatest thing it can possibly be? Have you ever made this statement? The day I got saved was the greatest event that ever happened to me in my life. You ever made that? The day I got saved was the most important thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And so with that in mind, ask yourself, does, does my salvation affect me daily? I mean, if it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your life, and it's just so great salvation, does, it, does my salvation affect me daily? Does it affect where I go? Does it affect what I say? Does my salvation affect how I react? Does my salvation affect how I give? Does my salvation affect what I do? Now, the word therefore in verse 1 reminds us that chapter 1 is, tells us what a great Savior we have. And the reason that our salvation is so great is because we have a, we have, it's because of the sovereignty of the Savior. It's because of the superiority of our Savior. And it's because of the supremacy of our Savior. The point is, there is nobody like Jesus that offers so great salvation. Now, I want you to remember, this, this passage is not about rejecting salvation. The passage is about neglecting salvation. Some people see this as, a passage rejecting salvation. But it's not. It's about neglecting your salvation. He's, he's sharing, the writer sharing to Christians that have this so great of salvation. And he gives them a warning. First, there is this great salvation, but you have a warning. Secondly, if you're taking notes, there is an earnest heed. Notice that in verse 1. Therefore, based on we have such a great Savior that offers such a great salvation, verse 1, chapter 2, we must give the more, more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. 
at least we drift away. King James, New King James says drift away. Uh, King James 1611 says slip away. We'll talk about that in a moment. So there is an earnest heed. The word heed means to give attention to. You have this so great salvation that we are to give attention to, to give heed to, listen, to, to, to give attention, to give careful attention to. Notice, we, might, we must not only give heed to this great salvation, but we must what? Give what? Earnest heed to this great salvation. This gospel, meaning what? Meaning to give earnest heed. We're to give our utmost attention to this great salvation that we claim to have in our life. <clears throat> Why is that? Well, this, this, these words that we've heard, chapter 2, verse 1, these words that we've heard, these are God's final words to man. I mean, there are no other words given to man. I mean, there'll be no other words given to man. If man believes the gospel, man can live righteously. He can have victory over sin. If he believes the gospel, he is accountable to God. If he believes the gospel, he can live eternally with God. If he believes the gospel, he can be set free from his enslavements, his addictions. If he believes the gospel, he can have victory over his trials, victory over his temptations. However, we must give earnest heed, earnest consideration to the things that we have heard about our great salvation. Or else, or else, you're taking notes, we will drift away. We will drift away. So there's a great salvation. There's an earnest heed to guard it carefully, to think of it carefully, to think about it carefully, to give earnest consideration to the things that we've heard of our great salvation. So there's a great salvation. There's an earnest heed, careful attention given to our salvation. If we don't, there's a drifting away, a slipping away. Now, do you know anyone who at one time, a professed Christian, trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, professed Christian, saved, but for whatever reason drifted away? You know anyone like that? I mean, the world's full of them. Now, the word drift also means to slip. <clears throat> Have you ever gone to the beach, taken an inflatable raft, and uh, maybe thought you'd rest a while, and you get on this raft, and you eyeball to eyeball with your family, you know where they are, and you just kind of close your eyes, and not very long, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you think, well, I'll go back in for a while, and you kind of paddle back in, and when you get there, the family's gone. 
I mean, really not gone. But they're not the same place. You have slipped away. You've drifted. John 7, verse 38 says this, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, referring to the Holy Spirit. And so the word drift, or the word slip, really means to flow like a river. Just, just jot that down in your notes. Drift slash slip, flow like a river. So the picture, here, now, here, now listen up because this is the major part of the sermon. The picture is not of a Christian drifting. The picture, it's a picture of a Christian being stationary while the river is flowing or passing by. Think of that. The Christian stationary while the river is flowing and passing by. You see, when you became a Christian, God placed you in the river, so to speak, and He places a river in you, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, be careful not to drift. Be careful not to slip. You're, you're standing in water that is moving and passing you by. That's what the words entail. Have you, have you ever said this? Have you ever said, I just feel like life is passing me by? You ever said that? <clears throat> well, then have you ever felt like, like a Christian? And you've said, I feel like my Christian life is just passing me by? So today as a believer, some of you perhaps are just stationary in your Christian life. And ask yourself, am I different today than I was years, a year ago? I mean, how long have you been saved? I've, I've been saved 57 years. And listen, I'm different today than I was the day that I met Jesus Christ, the day that I got saved. And let me translate this verse for you in verse 1. Listen to this. The writer is saying, we ought to give more earnest heed, more careful attention to the things that we have heard, lest we be flowed by or passed by. That's how the Greek puts it. Let me illustrate. So here I am. I'm in the river of God's salvation. And instead of going with the flow and letting God take me where God wants to take me and allow God to use me like He wants to use me, I am stationary and God's flow is passing me by. You understand what I'm trying to say and what the writer's trying to say? If you do, say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm here stationary while at the same time, God and His flow is just passing me by. I see this happening all the time with believers who are uncommitted. 
things are moving and moving and moving and moving and moving and moving, and they're just stationary while it's passing them by. Here's the truth. God's great salvation is like a mighty flowing river. And a Christian can get his feet wet in God's river, or he can go beyond the shallow waters to the depths and the fullness of his salvation. Where are you in the water of your salvation? Are you in the shallow water, or have you moved with God to deeper water? in your salvation? Or is God's flow just passing you by? You know, what's the difference between a Christian who really makes a difference for God and one who doesn't? Is, 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 is God, you know, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. So God's not making the difference between one person and the other person. It's because one is satisfied that he doesn't count. In other words, you go to work and you're satisfied that no one knows that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. While others are in the flow and they're in the river of God's great salvation and you're just satisfied that you're not in the count. It doesn't really make that much difference. And the writer is saying, don't miss out on the abundance of your great salvation. Don't neglect your great salvation. Don't let it slip by you. Pay close attention to it. It's hard for people to want to do that for some reason. Have you ever... Some of you uh, know what I'm talking about. You visited with your grandkids, and maybe they, they have a pool. And they're swimming in the pool. And they'll say, come on in, come on in, come on in, swim with us, come on in, come on in, come on in. Come on in. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come in. No, not, not today. I, I really, you know... I. I don't want to get in. Come on in, Papa. I don't want to, I don't want to get in. I, and make all these excuses while you're not in the pool. You see, we're in this river of God's great salvation, and we ought to be encouraging others. Hey, come on in. Come on. Come on in. Water's fine. Come on. This is a great float. Come on in. But some say, that's too cold. <clears throat> it's too deep. I ain't got time. <clears throat> I mean, no swimsuit. And so you have all these excuses, while at the same time, God's great salvation is passing you by. So the question is this, am I living just a normal Christian life? Or I'm in the flow? I'm at, am I in the flow? Am I... Am I so happy and excited for those that God's using? I am. I see them in the flow. And it's not that God's a respect of persons. He's not, it's not partial to anyone. The reason you're not in the flow, you choose not to be in the flow. You've neglected your great salvation. You see others growing in Christ. And I want to say, come on, get in in. Come on in, it's fine, it's great. 
Come on in. Be discipled. Share your testimony. Have a devotional time. Pray. Go out and witness. Come on. It's fun. It's great. It's a great salvation. No. I better not today. So the big question is, this morning, would you just let God break you where you are? Do you think God chose to use others above you? No. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not a partial God. You are where you are in your spiritual life because you've chosen to stand where you are while the great salvation just passes you by. God's a sovereign God, and He wants to use all of us. He doesn't want you, you know, He doesn't, he doesn't want what you bring to Him. He wants to use what He gives you, those spiritual gifts in His service. Now, there's another, and I'm almost finished, there's, a, there's another Greek word for drift. It means to 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 it means slipping past it means to flow past it means carelessly slipping past uh may it gives one author one commentary gave an illustration of your ring slipping off carelessly losing something carelessly slipping past maybe or or some truth slipping past the mind it's forgotten William Barclay, William Barclay said this, It is regularly used of something that's slipping by. It is regularly used of something which has carelessly or thoughtlessly been allowed to slip away. What you're losing in your spiritual life, you're just carelessly letting it go by. Sunday school. Carelessly letting it go by. Wednesday night prayer meeting. Carelessly letting it go by. Witnessing to a friend that's come to you time and time again. Wanting to know. Dropped every hint in the world. How can I get out of this jam? And you just carelessly let it just slip on by. Point is, don't think carelessly about your great salvation the passage is it's not dealing with ignorance. It's not dealing with an ignorant believer. It's not dealing with a rebellious believer, but it's dealing with a careless believer. Someone neglecting their great salvation. How do you know you're neglecting? Today we have marriages that are in trouble. In the church, there's as many divorces in the church as outside the walls of the church. Why is that? Neglecting so great a salvation. Homes are in trouble. Why is that? Personal finances of Christians troubled. Why is that? This goes on and on. Why? Carelessness of their great salvation. Herschel Hobbes said this, and I liked it. He said, the great river of God's will is overflowing onto a bigger and more glorious purpose some individuals and churches are content to stand like children and splash in shallow waters while the great plan of God flows right by them. Wow. 
So for Mountain View Baptist Church, I don't want to play in the shallow waters. Uh, as the under-shepherd of the church, I believe I would be neglecting my responsibility if I did so, and I believe I would be neglecting my responsibility if I didn't challenge you for you not to do that. I don't want to play in ankle-deep water. I, don't want, to, I want to go in, in deeper water. I want to go in the flow of God. And so there's a great salvation. There's a there is a earnest heed. There's a drifting away, and then there's a return. So where are you? Where are you in the flow of God's river? Are are you in the flow of God? I mean, ever ever moving into deeper water with God? Are you in that flow? How many of us this morning are willing to just get out of our our stationary, shallow water, and move into deeper waters of God's great salvation. You willing to do that this morning? You, get, you willing to get out of your comfort zone? And you, you know, a lot of times people's salvation is kind of like, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're, they're in such shallow water, all they have is just a glass that, that it's just to prevent them from going to hell. You know, I'm saved and I'm not going to hell. And that's about as much spirituality they have in their life. Really? A guy by the name of Robert Robinson wrote a hymn entitled, Come Thy Fount of Every Blessing. He was converted, but for whatever reason he drifted. He was greatly used as a pastor, but neglect of spiritual things led him astray. In an attempt to find peace, he decided to travel. During one of his journeys, he met a young lady who was very spiritually minded, and she sat next to Robinson on the train, and she was reading his hymn, Come Thy Fount. She handed him her hymn book and asked him to comment on the hymn she was reading and as he read it he broke down and he confessed he was the writer but now he was away from God come thy fount of every blessing her reply these these streams of mercy are still flowing today and that day Robinson's relationship was restored with the Lord you know I'm grateful today that if you're in the shallow end and your great salvation is just kind of flowing past you. You're saved, but there's so much more. Listen, don't let it pass by. Life's too short to do that. You need to come today and begin enjoying the fullness of your salvation, the fullness of a prayer life and devotional life and serving and giving and discipleship and Sunday school, small groups and witnessing, using your spiritual gifts and so much, much, much more. You see, all I want for us here at Mountain View is kindly to get in the flow of God's great salvation. Just quit resisting it, quit neglecting it, quit letting it pass by you. Just surrender and let God's great salvation take you to the take you deeper into the oceans of his glory. There's a great salvation, an earnest heed a drifting away, 
that there's a return. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for our challenge that you've given to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for explaining to us there's so much more in the Christian life than what so many are experiencing today. I don't know, what, I don't know the depth of every person here and their great salvation. But I know where I've been in the past, and I know where I want to be in the future. And so help me, I pray, not to just get stuck in the mud in my Christian life. Shake me, awaken me when that happens. And Father, I pray for each person here this morning. I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior, they're alive. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you came, you died on the cross, you were buried, you arose again. That's the good news, that's the gospel. And those who believe and trust in you will have a home in heaven. Those who reject you, depend on their own righteousness, Lord, will miss heaven. And so you tell us in your word that you're the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father, goes to heaven except through you. And so today, for those who have never stepped into the water at all, trusted you, been put into the water, allowed your Holy Spirit to come and dwell them, Lord, today they would humble their heart and ask you to come into their life and save them. And for those who have, for all of us who have, Help us to evaluate where we are in the river of our great salvation, your great salvation. I pray for decisions to be made this morning, transfer of membership, salvation, experience salvation, most important. Transfer of membership to get plugged in and be used, just go a little deeper. Lord, life's too short just to waste time. You tell us to redeem the time. And so help us, we pray, to understand the, the length and breadth of time. It's like a vapor. It's very short. And what we do for you, we do for you here, Lord, to make a difference in the lives of people. Help us, Lord, to see that. Work in this invitation hymn. Allow your Holy Spirit to move people as they make decisions today in Jesus' name. Amen.